CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. We are back here with Don Cash once again on Your Money and Your Life to talk year-end planning part two uh, in the red zone, if you will, for year-end planning. So we're going to hang out with Don as we usually do and go through this conversation. And of course, if you need help, as always, please make sure you check with a qualified professional like Don, who is a CPA and a CFP, before you take any action. And of course, you can reach out to him at Donald Cash. Dot com. My friend, what's going on? Uh, Thanksgiving is over. I'm, I'm still not. I'm not wearing stretchy pants anymore, so that's good. But uh, how are you doing? Good. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, as we record this uh, last Thursday, the it was the leaves are off the trees right now. Right, the cold wind is whipping, and it it definitely feels like the holiday season. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, today in particular, I was mentioning with you off the air. It's like 35, 37 degrees, and windy, and yep. Yeah, you know, just it's that Thanksgiving kind of feeling. But yeah, the holiday was terrific. Good, good. Uh, it was definitely one of my favorite holidays. It's one of those like rare occasions where like almost everyone in the country stops their usual routine, right, to share in the same tradition. Yep, and it, it's kind of cool. It's always good to you know kind of step back and reflect on what we should be thankful for, especially considering all the stuff that's going on in the world today. But for uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the day was too much food, football, and um, I did sit through that like uh, that junior kind of equivalent um, Super Bowl halftime show with Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. Like, did you happen to catch that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, both of our teams did not fare well on, on Thanksgiving right? Uh, from that standpoint. But yeah, Dolly, hey, she was out there doing her thing, and... You know, uh, I always, I always joke and remind. It, 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 I always make this joke with some of my buddies that uh, I've sat on Dolly's lap before. So really, yeah, I was only three, but you know, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Uh, we used to. My mom used to be in the same office building with her back in the seventies, and uh, apparently, I just would occasionally wander into her office, and that's where they'd find me. So uh, I was three years old, you know, that kind of thing. So. I don't remember it, but uh, I like to tell that story or just joke with folks anyway, just uh, just for the fun of it. But uh, yeah, it was a great show, and uh, hey, she, she you know she's doing her thing at seventy seven. She's uh, she's the woe man, right? She's she's killing it. So she is, and that's some story, Mark. I'll give you credit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to ask my mom for more details one of these days. I always forget to bring it up to her every now and again. But uh, let's let's jump back in. Any any travel plans for the new holiday coming up, which will, of course be uh, you know Christmas. Yeah, I mean, they keep on issuing these holiday travel warnings, right? We're hearing about with all the people. It's like, a, I think, a record amount of people traveling, you know, even more than pre COVID, right? It's always like the measuring stick nowadays, right? But we got back actually from a short trip to Florida over the prior weekend, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. We've been receiving all these warnings about travel delays and things like that going to and from. And on the way back home, since it was like two days before Thanksgiving, we kind of like left really early. To get Did you to run the into airport. any of that stuff? Well, I'll tell you the funny thing. There was not one traveler ahead of us at the TSA security See, line. See, that's interesting because, right, so it's funny because we're hearing all these news reports, and, of course, you can't hardly trust the news at all anymore, saying how crazy everything was. And I would see post after post from folks who have their phone out, and they're like, the airport's dead. It was very weird. I mean, yeah. it could be the departure time being sure. so really late. We sure. left at, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, but... 
you know, I think the normal advice is still prudent. Give yourself plenty of time. But I've never experienced that where I got to the line with my family and we were the only ones there right? Yeah. in Florida of all places. Yeah. No, I saw it definitely from folks all around the country. So it was kind of interesting. Same thing with the Black Friday stuff. Remember how years ago it was like, you know, people, the, the news footage of people literally knocking each other over to get through the doors and all that stuff. And this year there was a lot of, not a lot of that. You People with their cell phones recording stuff and it's like, oh, I'm here at such and such store and such and such town. And there was virtually nobody there. So. Oh yeah. We got to Cyber Monday now. It's a different world, right? For sure. But let's get into our conversation here. So on the last show, we talked about year-end planning as it relates to Social Security, Don, Medicare, 401k, IRA rules, charitable contributions, all that good stuff. And of course, listeners can go check out part one of the show on those streaming platforms. And we'll put a link to part one in the show notes for today's part two, uh, just to make it easy for you. But let's dig into some more year-end strategies as we talk about what we can look forward to uh, for the planning standpoint for next year. Yeah, and, and next year, it's hard to believe 2024 is only a month away, <sighs> right? I know, right? We, we talk about it sounding like so sci-fi is 2024, but it's almost here as we record the show. It's a day after Cyber Monday, as we just referenced, right? Mm-hmm. I keep on thinking back to that identity theft show we did last month that got a, a lot of um, traction because right, right. I heard like a big identity theft risk this week are all the fake text and emails purporting to be from FedEx or Amazon or like UPS saying there's a problem with your package delay. Oh, yeah. Be careful, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, we were talking about that even beforehand saying, hey, this stuff's going to ramp up in the holiday season. So, you know, keep your head on a swivel, right? So make sure that you're planning, uh, you know, paying attention to that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, everyone, word to the wise, right? But back to the topic of year-end planning, what are the things to consider when we're looking at the possibility for year-end planning as it relates to IRA or 401k contributions or Roth conversion is keeping your eye on the big picture, okay? The main reason, of course, people make IRA or 401k or even SEP IRA contributions for the current tax year is for that tax deduction, right? So, for example, let's assume you have a family earning $150,000 a year, Mark, mm-hmm. and you're married. And, and if you make a $20,000 401k contribution and you're in the 22% federal, 3% state bracket, there's a 25% tax savings or $5,000. So okay. for most people, the higher the income and the taxes paid, the more the deduction makes sense now, right? Okay. We need to keep in mind a few big picture things. One is the current tax code expires on January 1st, 2026. So it's only a little over two years away. Yeah. And I think Biden just said last week that, you know, if he gets back in or whatever, taxes are going up. So that could even be sooner than that, possibly. Right. It could be. But if they do nothing. Right. The law is. Right. It's going up. Yep. So there's only three years left by the current law with the current tax code, which is 2023 this year, next year, 24, then 2025. So in 2026, we revert back to the tax code from the year 2017. A lot of people don't realize that. So the tax rates now are historically low. The tax rates scheduled to go up in 2026 are higher. Yeah, Don. So if you're if you're in the 22 now, let's say, right, the the going back to the 17, that's what was it, 25? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And it's at a lower income, right? right? Right. Yeah. The the brackets gets different too, right? That's correct. The brackets creep up, let lower income, and it might change that. 
But that's one thing to keep in mind is yeah. that the tax code does expire, the current one we have. And the second thing is, we talked about this before many times, the current national debt is almost $34 trillion. We could just go and back a few shows and it was $32 trillion. That's the That's right. That's and it was less part. than a year ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The national debt mark in 2017, the year the tax code changed, was $20 trillion. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just incredible, right? Just kind of mind-boggling, really, when you put all that stuff in there. Uh, and just think, you know, since 1776 until 2017, we put on, you know, $20 trillion in debt, right? Uh, and then in the past six years, almost doubled that, right? It's just, I mean, clearly COVID was a huge por- portion of it, but still, just crazy. It was a big part, but that's a, just a mind-blowing increase, right? It's yeah. extra $14 trillion in just in a few years. So it should affect the way we think about planning, right, as well. We've always talked about this in the past, but I think it should be even more ramped up now. The politicians, they may or may not extend the current rates for a few more years or mm-hmm. maybe do it sooner, like you mentioned, where President Biden made that uh, statement a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know... We say this quite often, right? There's a, a $34 trillion debt. And as of November 1st of this year, just a few weeks ago, there's a $37 trillion amount in retirement accounts, like 401ks and IRAs. Mm-hmm. And this is your money. With it's a big not, old target on it. Yep. It's not yet been taxed. So it's the perfect source to fund the government, right? That's where the bullseye is. Yeah. So here's the, the uh, conflict is... You want and we want the IRA to stay in our family, right? Mm -hmm. The government wants the IRA to pay for their expenditures. So you have to ask yourself a question. Is there anything the government spends money on that you disagree with? I mean, no matter what side of the aisle. We don't have that much time, Don. (laughs) Yeah, no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, you're going to find some things. Yeah. And and here's the fact is your IRA is probably going to be funding that expense. So. The big question is, do you think tax rates are going up or down? And are you really going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future? So, you know, one other point as an aside, the interest rate alone now on that debt last year was $700 billion and soon to go over $1 trillion just on the interest on that debt. Yeah, it's not helping the argument much, is it, when you think about it that way, right? It's just crazy. So you got to ask yourself, right, really, what do you think? And I think most of us, you know, unless you're just totally got your head in a, you know, soup pot or something, uh, know that it's going up. You know, the taxes are going to have to go up. So what do we do about it? All right. So just be sure we're planning not only for this year, you know, with a month or so left to make some moves, but for the next several years. Of course, yeah. You need to be looking at your own personal circumstances, issues like, for example, am I going to retire in the next couple of years? What's my income going to look like in the next few years, right? Do I need to take my required IRA, RMD distribution soon? Often that creates a big spike in income, right? That that first RMD. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should I sell that rental home? That's a question I'm hearing now lately a lot, Mark. Should I sell that second home, that rental home or vacation home and take advantage of the high prices. I mean, the record, the prices are at record high still, which is hard to believe with seven and a half, eight percent mortgage rates, right? Am I right? And am I going to be paying for my kids or grandkids college expenses or a wedding or something like that? And, you know, another question people 
have in the back of their minds now is do they have enough money set aside for future medical expenses and long-term care needs? Yeah, and hopefully more people continue to think about that because that is the one that we tend to shy away from the most because, you know, thinking about the mortality and all that kind of stuff. So, and you're right. I mean, every situation is different. So it's why you clearly have got to talk with a qualified person. I was just having a chat earlier today, Don, uh, and where I feel like the, you know, you the value you guys bring in so many different levels, obviously, to what you guys do is massive. But, it, you know, it's one thing to just build your money up and then, you know, and even maybe even distribute it to yourself uh, in retirement. But there's all these other facets that go on and how to take care of the Social Security side and the, and the insurance and the long term care and how they're all playing together. And then taxation, it just gets can get really complicated for those of us don't, don't, that don't do it every day. So clearly you need to talk to a professional. Again, Don is a CPA and a CFP. Uh, so talking about both sides of the aisle a minute ago, he was talking politically, but same kind of thing here, right? He's looking at the taxes as well as the investments. So if you got some questions, reach out to him, folks. Make sure you're having a conversation with a qualified professional, 800-664-1183, or visit him online at donaldcash.com. Can you go through a few strategies for us, Don? Maybe share some things here that folks may not consider or that you've seen yourself that could be helpful? Yeah, that's a good point before we get into the specific strategies about like, you know, all the million things that people have to deal with. Tons. Confusing. And just what they have to navigate as they move along toward retirement. And, you know, we liken it like a lot of people when from their younger ages, like from this time they start working from age, let's say 20 or 25 up until whenever they retire, let's say it's. 55, 60, 65, whatever it is, they're sort of in that accumulation stage, right? And the decisions, there's not as many of them. But once you hit that certain age, there's just just so many decisions to make. And you could just step on one landmine and have a big problem, right? So it's almost like getting to a football game and you're in the on the 10-yard line getting ready to score. You don't want to fumble. Yeah, right? Exactly. At that point. You don't want so, to be the Lions. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When turn the ball over just at the worst the possible worst time. time. Yeah, exactly. So some of the strategies that people may not consider that you that you asked. So the last point we referenced is an area that people often don't consider. That's the long-term care. And it's likely something that's going to affect all of us at some point in life if we're not really already dealing with it now. Right. I know I've dealt with it in my family and you have been, it's about everyone has. So that's that long-term care crisis. So many of our clients are in what I call that sandwich generation, Mark. Mm -hmm. They have adult children kind of getting started with their own families as well as aging parents. And, you know, many of us are going to be in that situation down the road too. So recently... I was working with a client with a family member who was in assisted living and the woman needing long-term care is in her nineties. This is in New Jersey. The cost of care is about $11,000 a month. And that's pretty typical in this area. So the cost comes to approximately about $130,000 a year. That's still hefty. Big, right? It could be more if it's in a skilled nursing home. Yeah. So this situation actually creates a giant medical expense deduction that can be itemized on the federal tax form on the Schedule A. The medical expenses need to exceed 7.5% of the adjusted gross income, by the way, which typically, this clearly, this one does. Okay. Uh, anything over that amount can be added to the other itemized deductions, like charitable contributions, state and local taxes, up to $10,000 limit, and mortgage interest. So if a person has, let's say, a total adjusted gross income of for example, Mm -hmm. with a huge long-term care deduction, 
what do you think happened to the amount of income taxes they pay? I'm going to guess zero, right? You, yeah, typically it is, right? right. So it's because the deduction is so huge. But here's the thing. There may be a huge missed opportunity, and, and here it is. So let's say that person, back to the example of $75,000 of income, mm-hmm. if they add up all those expenses, right, the medical and all these other expenses, they have $175,000 of eligible itemized deductions, they'd have like negative $100,000 of income. The tax form would just show zero for taxable income, and that extra $100,000 loss would just go away for that year. It doesn't carry forward. Hmm. What if that person in long-term care you know, had an IRA like many of us do? They could take an extra $100,000 distribution out of that IRA, maybe deposit in the checking account, or better yet, convert it into a Roth IRA, pay zero federal tax on the conversion. So it's kind of like pouring water on a dry sponge, Mark. The, mm. the big tax loss, it's like the dry sponge that soaks up the otherwise taxable distribution from the IRA. Very interesting, for sure. So what happens if they don't make the IRA uh, distribution or Roth IRA conversion and just leave the money in the taxable IRA and disregard the loss? Well, if that's the case, and you know, the, of course, the IRA passes to the family. Right. Right through the beneficiary designations. It's what people typically have. The heirs will simply pay all that built up taxes uh, due on the IRA. And that that big loss, if you will, just goes to waste. So, you know, just remember that example of the $33 trillion national debt and the $37 trillion in IRAs and 401ks. It's exactly what the IRS is counting on, that the taxes eventually get paid on that traditional IRA distribution one way or the other. Right, which is, you can make the argument, which is one of the reasons they pushed the the age back from 70 to and a half to 72, then to 73, and then 75 later on, letting these accounts grow and get bigger and bigger. So you either do a Roth conversion and pay the taxes now, or you let the account get bigger and you pay the taxes later. But either way, they want their money. Uh, what would happen if, if uh, with the heirs, if the person in assisted living converted the IRA to a Roth IRA and left the money to their family? Right, that's a great question. That's a really a, a large part of the opportunity is, right? Okay. So the Roth IRA is 100% tax-free, and there's no required distribution for the heirs until the 10th year of inheriting that account. So a $500,000 Roth IRA left at the owner's death could grow to maybe over a million dollars, totally tax-free after 10 years. And the heirs would have a really nice tax-free nest egg. Yeah. So then they say that's something uh, like, what, 50% or more of all people will need long-term care at some point, two out of three or seven out of every 10, something like that. So I guess, you know, this is going to continue to be a growing issue, so something worth looking at. Yeah, absolutely. So you think about it, those two issues, right? The the burgeoning need for long-term care and the growing amount of money in IRAs. So it's like, you know, the perfect combination, right? Yeah. So anyone with a family member in need of long-term care should at least be looking into this opportunity. And it also opens up a a little-known other opportunity. It's what I call the 0% capital gains tax bracket, Mark. So if you have a year with low income, whether it's due to a medical event, medical deduction, or early in retirement before taking Social Security or IRA distributions, if you fall into the first two 
tax brackets, that's the 10% and the 12% bracket. Your capital gains are subject to zero taxes. So the 15% capital gains rate doesn't start until you hit the 22% tax bracket. Mm, okay. So for a married couple in 2023, you can have almost $90,000 of taxable income still be in that second tax bracket, which is the 0% capital gains bracket. Hmm. So let's say you want to sell that appreciated stock or property. You want to maybe want to sell it and not pay any taxes on the long-term capital gain. Um, you could do that if you're in those first two tax brackets. So the problem with all these opportunities, Mark, is that often the person completing the tax return is doing tax preparation. Yeah. And not tax planning. Well, we that's compare what, this. That's what we've been trying to do, right? We we've been trying to do the year that just happened. Exactly. So yeah. we compare this to either looking through the rearview mirror, or you know that's in your in your planning compared to looking through the windshield, mm-hmm. right? So tax planning is kind of like looking through the windshield. Tax preparation is just looking through the rearview mirror and recording history. This is what happens when. Tax preparers get all that information in February or March, and they kind of record everything, and they're not really doing planning. They're just doing history recording, and they're preparing their tax return. So Mm -hmm. we always say, keep in mind, the stock market goes up and down and back up again, but money lost to taxes is really gone forever. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I work with and, and talk with another professional like yourself, Don, same thing. It was, you know, CPA and a CFP. And it's like, I, I said it earlier in the show, right? I mean, so at the CPA only is typically looking at just, you know, this last year, right? We're going through doing the taxes. But, you know, you have that great unique ability because you're looking not only at that, but you're also looking forward as well. So uh, you're a complete driver. <laughs> you're looking at the rear view mirror and the and the windshield. So good job. Multitasker. That's right. Multitasker. Uh, <laughs> anything, else to, <laughs> anything else to look at before the year ends? Uh, but a safe multi. That's, that's right. A safe, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Both hands on the wheel. You know, the one rule I find that's typically surrounded by confusion, particularly this time of year, is the gifting limit, Mark. Mm -hmm. It always comes up this time of year. So keep in mind, particularly for this year-end planning, you can gift up to $17,000 per year to anyone. To anyone, yeah. Yeah, anyone, and there's zero tax for the giver or the recipient, it's always a confusing thing, right? right? So podcast hosts, right? You yes. Know, they could certainly be in your you know, wheelhouse. <laughs> Absolutely. You love the value in the show. That's right. Only kidding. Yeah. Um, but for example, a married couple can give $34,000 to their child to help pay for something like, let's say, a new car. Yeah, because right? it's 17 per purse per parent. Right. right. So if it's for an educational expense for a child or grandchild, for example, Better move is really to pay for the tuition directly to the institution. It won't even count toward that $17,000 limit if it's directly paid to the institution. Mm -hmm. So any gift uh, made directly for educational or medical expenses falls into this gift tax exclusion rule. So if you're going to be paying for someone else's tuition or medical bills, write the check directly to the college or the medical provider. Keep in mind, any gift over $17,000 may require this federal gift tax form 709. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if someone was like, here, here's 17 grand. Just, 
Thanks. Say thanks thank for, you. Thanks for being you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you know I'd be able to say thank you at first. I'd be so I'd be so dumbfounded. Yeah, so, tongue tied. Yeah, exactly. So there you go, folks. Some good stuff to think about as the year's winding down as usual. Uh, make sure I you know I can't stress it enough. There's so many little facets to things when it comes to the you know the nitty gritty and the the ins and outs and the micro workings of our retirement future, our planning future, taxation, social security, you know, long term care, healthcare, all that stuff. Get a qualified professional, get a get a review done, have a conversation, and of course, Don's here to help. So just reach out to him, let him know you need some help. If you're already working with him, uh, which many of you listening to the podcast are, fantastic. Maybe share the podcast with others who might benefit from the message, uh, and let them know that they can subscribe to us. Your Money and Your Life is the name. Just type that into the search box of Apple or Google or Spotify's uh, podcasting search box, their, their platform app there, or just find it all at donaldcashpodcast.com. That's where we have a lot of the stuff. For the show itself, doncashpodcast.com. We didn't make that easy. That's kind of a tongue twister. Doncashpodcast.com or his main website, especially if you need to get onto the calendar for some help at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. All right, my friend, thanks for hanging out as always and breaking everything down. I appreciate you. All right, see you next time for the Uh, big Christmas and holiday year end show. That's right. That's right. Exactly. We'll see you then and we will catch you later on Your Money, Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.